Today on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel, we have football legend and computer software pioneer Fran Tarkenton. Fran has played in 18 NFL seasons, thrown 266 interceptions, and passed 342 touchdowns, a record that ranks sixth best in NFL history. After leaving the field, he's made a career giving football commentary on TV, selling computer software, writing numerous books, and advising small business owners. Welcome to All Business, Fran Tarkington. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Fran, I got to ask you right off the bat, because you had a great quote, and it said, what's so wonderful about football and business and show business is that every time I start thinking I'm special, I get knocked on my ass. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, everybody wants to figure it out, right? Yeah. And whenever I have gotten to the point of figuring it out, get a little bit cocky, get a little bit self-assured, I get knocked down. And that's yeah. the way it is with everybody, because life uh, is, is a struggle. It's a fight, yeah. and, and, and things hit us at the times we don't expect them, and it's, it's how we deal with those things. And as, as, as you well know, it's a process, yep. and the process continues. We've got to get smarter every day. We've got to be more curious. We've got to ask more questions. Uh, we've got to listen to people more, and all of that has to keep going in order for us to uh, stay, stay ahead of the curve. And I understand that more today than I've ever understood in my life. Well, I tell you, you know, your book's on the shelf the same as mine. In fact, everywhere I go in the airports, your book is right next to mine. I actually have a saying, uh, and I tell a story in the book where I'm sitting with the G- the CMO of GE at the time, one of the world's largest companies, sure. and I'm thinking I'm hot stuff. You know, I've got a $17 billion budget. I'm running the marketing for Kodak. And I turned to him, and I said to him at the time, it was Dan, Dan uh, and I said, Dan, I said, how much you got to grow this year? And he said $17 billion just to hit his number. And I thought, Boy. right then, no matter how big you think you are, there's always someone bigger, isn't there? It always is. And, you know, I go back. Bud Grant was my coach, and, and Bud Grant didn't graduate from college. Uh, great athlete, uh, but smart. I learned more from Bud Grant than uh, than anybody else. And, you know, we, we went to the first 11, out of the first 11 Super Bowls, the Vikings were in four of them. I was in three of them, and we lost them all. Yeah. And Bud used to like to say, you know, I almost, he, he liked to say, he said, you know, it's hard for the winning team in a Super Bowl to come back and repeat. And it is. It is, yeah. It always and, is. And, and, and when we lost, I, you know, I often wonder if I would have kept going in business as I have, if I had a one all three of those Super Bowls. But those Super Bowls, we got defeated. I, I kept an edge on me. I went back and looked at what I did and didn't do. And to this day, the edge that drives me a lot of the times is the losses and the memory of the losses of those Super Bowls. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, and, and I, I wrote that book, The Power of Failure, and, and, and because failing, I really embrace failure. And if you're not failing, if you're not, it means you're not doing anything. You're not stretching. 
and you're not learning. Yeah, but, and, but at the and same time, that's Fran, what it's about. Yeah, Fran, but you're not saying, hey, go out and lose. You you like to win. No, I mean, you're a winner, no. without question. I mean, if fa- if I, I get the part about failing. I think you should, you know, people say fail fast. I say, hey, succeed fast. But that means you're going to have lots of failures along the way. Ta- Thomas Edison, someone asked him one time, he said, you failed 10,000 10, times uh, to make a light bulb. He said, I found 10,000 ways not to make a good light bulb. You know, so and I thought that was a great way of being able to say it. But you're well, saying it, still it, win, right? You want to win. Well, well, but here, but here's the deal. Yeah, but everybody wants to be a winner, right? We all want to be a winner, mm-hmm. and we think there's a silver bullet to being a winner. There's some magical formula to being a winner. Yeah, the magical formula for everybody, for Vince Lombardi, the coach. I talked to him about this. To Bud Grant, the coach. To Don Shula, the coach. To all the great players. To all the great executives. You go out and you work, work, work. You try, try, try. And you bust it, and, and a lot of the things you're doing are not going to work the first time, yeah. or the second time, or the third time. But you're pushing the envelope, and you're going and working, and you own that defeat or own that failure, and you learn from that failure. You know, I, I, when I was playing football, you know, we we we, we were big winners, yeah. and when we were big winners. We go out. I didn't learn much from winning. We go out and we win, and then we go out after the game and we celebrate and we tell each other how great we are, and we're feeling good about ourselves. Exactly. When we lost the football game, I came back to my house and looked at film and said, what did I not do? How I learned from the failure. I didn't learn from the winning. Exactly. It's by being relentless. It's by doing it over and over and over again is the way to do it. Let me ask That's, you a question. Yeah. I'm going to ask you. I, I, I ask fans. I go out to fans. Of course, in my area where I grew up in South Dakota, I mean, Fran, you're a god. I mean, I got everybody in the world saying, hey, will you come to Sioux Falls and sign autographs? They want you bad. We got to yeah. we got to get you out there for a book signing. Kevin Nyberg, who owns Ace Hardware, <laughs> in fact, he ran into you recently at a game. I think it was either the Pro Bowl or the Vikings game, and he yeah. was wearing number ten. And you guys were sitting next to him. And you said to him, "I don't know. You might remember this or not." His his daughter is now one of the cheerleaders, and he's from Sioux Falls. And he, and you turned to him and said, "Nice jersey." <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you a story about Sioux Falls. I played in the Minnesota Vikings in 1961. Rookie, I made $12,500. I had an off-season job. My off-season, my off-season job, I worked for a trucking firm out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota by the name of Wilson Truck Systems. And I knocked on the doors of shipping clerks in January and February in South Dakota, North Dakota to get them to ship their goods from the Dakotas to Minnesota, Chicago and back. And they paid me the fine sum of six hundred dollars a month, and I was probably overpaid. But that's my South—that's <laughs> my Sioux Falls, South Dakota story. Is it more fun being? In, I love that you've got one, and we, they want to get you back, so we got to get you back. I know you're everywhere, but but uh, I mean, they they just absolutely adore you and love you, and, and and rightfully so. Is it more fun being in business, or is it more fun uh, being in football? It was it was great fun being a football player, and great fun being a in business, but I've been in business all my life. I've worked yeah. all my life. I had a paper out in Washington D.C. when I was seven years old. But it's the same principles, you know. I people say, you know, you need to come back to Minnesota more often. I was there this this last weekend, and and I don't go back very often. And and the reason when I played football, I was twenty four by seven, building relationships building a culture inside that locker room, trying to figure out ways to beat the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. We were working full-time doing that. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm running businesses and been building them for the last 40 years, 
you know, I've got to spend my time doing this. Yeah. My yeah. my teammates are, are these young kids that understand technology and help us leverage technology and help us solve problems and, 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 and work. And if I spend my time going back to Minnesota, which I love doing, and, and waving to the crowd and, and, and getting that, that's not my that's not my business anymore. Yeah. You, so you got to be where you're, where you, where you're working. You know, you got to yep. be at your work. And this is my new job. Yeah, well, my new job. Been here a long time. Yeah. Well, as they say, you got to keep your head in the game, right? Yes, sir. And that, yes, you sir. know, I the first time I saw you um, and met you was at the National Association of Quick Printers in 1986. I had just bought a printing business, and I went to their national convention, and the only session I went to was yours, and you keynoted. And you said this quote. I'm going to give it to you and see if you remember okay. it. I'm sure you do. And I, this quote has stuck with me, and I've requoted you many times and given you the accolades of this quote. And you said, it, you haven't lived until you've been in business for yourself, laying in bed at night, wondering whether you're going to make payroll the next day. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. And, 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 it, and it's so true, you it know. Is. Uh, it is. You know, uh, we have 520,000 people start up businesses every month in America. And I tell people, you know, this is the greatest thrill you're going to have, but you have to understand you're going to have times, multiple times when you say, why I'm doing this, I cannot get it done. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough guile. You're going to, because it's a process. It's never easy. Success is never easy. Life is never easy. And the way you get through that, you just, when that urge comes to quit, to stop, uh, to give up, you just got to push forward and push forward. And every time you push forward, you become stronger and, and more committed and solve more problems. And, and, and that's what it is. And, and, it, and then it becomes my, my business life is just as much, much fun for me as it was uh, playing football. Because in football, my mission was to to build my teammates, to make my teammates better, to make our team better. It was about team, not about me. In business, the mission of business is to help people, to solve problems, and get rid of selfish me, but help other people. When you when you in life, in football or in business, understand it's about other people. It's about helping other people. It's about treating everybody with respect and be transparent then that's what drives one. It's what drives you. Yeah. It's what drives me. It was, it's what drives anybody that's having success. And they say to me, you're 75 years old. Why do you work, why do you work so hard? I don't dig ditches. I love what I do because I'm helping people succeed every day of my life. That's a great mission. That's a, that's a thrill for me. Amen, brother. You got me fired up. Listen to you, man. You're going. You're going. You're, <laughs> there's no failure there. There's nothing but winning. You know, I say it's called hard work because it's freaking hard. You know, it's supposed to be yeah. hard. Yeah. It's supposed to be hard. You know, I really, you know, I grew up playing kids football and Little League baseball and all that kind of stuff. I really don't understand the thing. Let's give everybody a trophy, a, 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 a trophy for showing up. Isn't it crazy? You gotta earn, crazy. Isn't that you crazy? You got to earn your way. What 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 are we teaching our kids? And I'll say another thing. You know, you know, I in my lifetime, I've watched second and third generation wealth, mm-hmm. and so much yep. of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, second and third generation wealth don't do much. Exactly. And the reason they don't, it's not their fault. It's the parents' fault because they were given everything. They didn't have to work for anything. They didn't have to earn anything. 
and it, when you're in a situation where you're just entitled, you don't you don't live the American dream. You you're not allowed to enjoy what you and I have had a chance to enjoy. You in South Dakota and me down here in Georgia, and you look at the, you know, our, our lower income, you know, people in poverty, it's generation after generation. We give them food stamps, we give them this, and we give them that. But let's give them a helping hand. Let's teach them how to get out of that environment and how to go and live the American dream. That's what it's about. That's to enable people to be helpless. I love it. Let me take. I got to take a break. We, you, you got to. You got to get me some more caffeine, man. I'm so fired All up right. now. So America loves football, and you know what else America loves, friend? They love Dunkin' Coffee. Dunkin' sells 1.7 billion. That's with a B cups of coffee a year, and offers over 15,000 ways to drink it. All business with Jeffrey Hazlett runs on Dunkin', and America runs on Dunkin'. Hey, how do you like your coffee, friend? Do you drink coffee? Black. Uh, just, I like it strong and black, yeah, just I, like Duncan does it. Yeah, I like it. I like espressos. I usually drink four espressos early in the morning. That's what I do, and I kind of nurse on that for the morning. And then I do another one in the afternoon. Let me talk about resiliency. Some Scott uh, Upman, I, I go out to fans and ask them questions and say, hey, what do you want me to ask Fran? And here's one of them that says, what lessons about resiliency from the three Super Bowl losses can Fran give to small business owners? We talked a little bit about it, but what else? I tell you, well, you know, I tell you what I did. I, I lost those three Super Bowls. And Monday, I went back to, to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, from Houston, Texas, from New Orleans, and from and from the Rose Bowl in, in, in California. I came back and went to work on Monday morning after the Super Bowl, and uh, and 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 got right back into it. I did not wallow around in in our defeat or our loss. We we tried valiantly. We we prepared. We played, uh, and, and obviously we didn't do we didn't do enough. And I thought about that. I learned from that. I didn't beat myself up with that. But I accepted the responsibility, mm-hmm. and this is where it comes. Yep. You know, so many people want to blame everybody else. They blame the weather, blame this, and I could have blamed my offensive line, defensive line, coaches. I could. We could all have, we we could all blame other people. But here's what I did. I was. I said, you know, if I could have gone out and made more plays, helped to score more touchdowns, we would outscore them. We could have won. Now, I didn't beat myself up. I said, but I took responsibility for it. Yeah. And you can never learn if you don't take responsibility for it. If you're going to blame other people, the environment, uh, the the economy, the I, I came from the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the track. Then, then you're never going to grow. You're never going to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. And I've I've always been willing to you know look at that and say you know it was my fault. Now did you, did I you, can control you, me. Yeah. Did you have that? You know, I, I I learned that from my my parents. Accountability. It was better to own up to it right off the bat if you did something wrong because it was less I, likely I was going to get my butt kicked. But did you did you learn that young? I mean that accountability. I learned it young, and and most of my lessons I learned young were on the basketball court, the baseball diamond, or the football field, or in the alleys of Washington, D.C., playing touch football. I played sports. That was my learning experience. I went to college. I graduated with honors in four years. I left there virtually unscathed by education. I learned how to make grades. I didn't really learn. I learned on the football field. Life lessons was on the football field for me. And that's where I got my mind going and my mind wrapped around it. And when it evolved in football, it wasn't just blocking and tackling and strategy. It was building relationships. Your teams win. Individuals don't. I told Pete Carroll one time, I said, you know, he had that Percy Harvin, and 
He finally traded him, and he was this great star, but he was toxic in his locker room. And I said to Pete Carroll, I said, you know, if you have 40 all-pro players and you've got one of those players that are toxic and you don't have an environment of love yeah. and a culture of love, you can't win. Yeah. And we know that because in football, it's, it's every day. It's every, every, every week, every game. It's fast-paced. And, it, and, and, and I used to walk that sideline in the fourth quarter, and every game seemed like it came down to the, to the fourth quarter, to the last two minutes. And it's, it's ever-changing. And, 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 and it was, it's real life. It's real time. It's real Business stuff. sometimes is slower. But that's where I built my culture and my learning came from the alleys of Washington, D.C., all the way to the, to the, to the, the Rose Bowl and, and, and Super Bowls. You talked about, you know, down to the last quarter. Something, business has a cadence, though, as well. And it sometimes feels like you're in that rush of the last quarter in some instances where you get down to it, right? Do you, does you find those skill sets coming good for well, you? Well, yeah, and, and but what happens in business, too? You know, it, it doesn't happen as fast as as as, a, as, as football because sixty minutes, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. I work on projects, marketing, marketing projects that I work on for years before we figure it out how to how to make it work in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, years, and 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 that's what that's what you've got to do. You, it it it's fast, but it it it, it sometimes it feels like it's a, a sales play, place because it's 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 hard to get that new product out. It's hard to get that new marketing strategy out, and and we might have to go through multiple strategies to get to the one that 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 the the the, the customers or the prospects listen to, yeah. and so it's a constant reinventing yourself every day. But isn't that a fun thing to do? Absolutely. So when you got a new employee that you sit down with, you know, with the years yep. of experience that you got, what's yep. the one thing or two things you say? Listen, man, I want you to listen to me right now. And at the end of the year, these are the two things I want you to know. You know, what, what are those things? Well, the first thing I tell them, to work here, we respect everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a culture of love here, and it's a real culture. It is a culture of respect. We don't yell and scream at people. We, we get along with each other. And if you're going to be on our team here, the number one thing you've got to do is you got to embrace that culture of love and respect that we have here. You've got to get along with the people here. You've got to build great relationships here. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care if you're the best salesman in the world or the best technician in the world. If you cannot get along with the people here, you cannot work here. Yeah. Is there anything else you tell them? Well, I tell them that, that what I want them to do. I said, yeah. I want you to come in here and grow and learn, and I want you to give me your opinion. I need you to think. I'm 75, you're 25. I was 70 or 65, and you're 30. It makes no difference. I'm the owner of the company. I'm the chairman of the board of the company. I'm the founder of the company, and you're just here. I want your heart, your soul, and your brain. I want to hear what you think. You'll never find me dissing any any idea that you come up with. We want to hear what your idea is, how we can do better. I want you to do, but I want you to think. And, and, you know, I've had, I had a young man who came in here four years ago who's now a top executive with us. He was a store manager for Target. Mm-hmm. And he said, my goodness, when I told him that, when he started off here, he said, you know, my people at Target told me, I don't, you know, I just, it's, you know, I, I don't want you to think. I want you to, we're going to tell you what to do. You do what we tell you to do. Yeah. I'll do the thinking. We don't need you to think. 
I don't believe that. That's I want crazy. my people to think. I want I, you know I, I want them to come up with ideas and think and come in my office anytime they want and give me your idea and they do. Yeah. I spend the time with these people and I ask them a lot of questions because I want to get their brains working. That's which is awesome. Let me ask you something off topic now. I'm gonna more of the television stuff. But yep. uh, Ivan Ramis uh, sent a question in. And he wants to know what it was like working on That's Incredible with Kathy Lee Crosby. <laughs> well, she was a beautiful woman. And oh. John Davidson was a, was, a, was a talented, one of the most talented human beings I've ever known. Yeah. And I will tell you what's interesting. We did That's Incredible on ABC. It ran for four years. It was very successful. It took us, I had to fly out 25 times a year to Los Angeles, spend two days to film this thing. Mm-hmm. We'd start at 8 o'clock in the morning and go to 12 o'clock at night. And it was it was hurry up and wait. Yeah. And it was boring. And you're, you're reading, you're, I'm not, I'm not, uh, we weren't developing the scripts. We weren't writing the, yeah. the the messages. And so what I did, you know how I kept my brain working? What'd you do? I learned from the director what his job was and the producer and the screenwriters. Yeah. And I spent my time with the worker bees and I learned all aspects of that business by asking questions for those four years, and that made me a lot brighter and more understanding, and I could use those skills back into my business. You know, we are so much alike, Fran. I mean, you grew up in Georgia. I grew up in Georgia. I went to South Dakota, and then we got into this business thing. But I did the same thing. When I was a judge on Celebrity Apprentice for three years, I learned from them how to do the show, and then I went and put my own show together. There you are. And then did the same exact thing. It is the the most fun that I've had in, 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 in my wonderful life that I'm so blessed with is I have just increased the curiosity every year. Mm-hmm. I ask more questions. I'm learn, learning at a faster pace, and there's so much to learn. There's so much more to do. I just was reading, you know, George Spieth, the great golfer, this 22-year-old phenom this year. Yeah. And he, and he oh, had the, probably the best single... Yeah. Probably the best single year yeah. that a golfer has ever had. Was it like tw- twenty-two million or something? Twenty-two years old, and and I read an article just today in the New York Times where he is talking about how that he won this last tournament. It was a ten million dollar payoff out here at East Lake, Bobby Jones's old home course in, in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He said I didn't have my A game. I wasn't striking the ball well. But I had prepared, and I was thinking, and I limited my mistakes, and I was able to win the golf tournament through using my brain and my knowledge. And I will continue to grow and make – I can hit the ball next year farther. I can hit it straighter. I can putt better. And I'm going to work mentally and physically to get a whole lot better next year. That's what we need if you're out there in business, if you're out there as a mom and pa, if you're if you're working for a company, that's that's what'll keep you going. That's what'll keep you fresh. That'll keep your energy up when you really take it upon yourself to work harder and get smarter and get better. You know, but I like this kid. He made a lot of money, and you know that's how we keep score. You know, making that's, money is an okay thing. Yeah. And 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 he uh, he probably made more money in one year than any golfer that's ever lived because the the Porsches are so much bigger. It is. I mean, the uh, actually, payoff, they did say that, Fran. They did say yeah. that. I I don't know what it was. One hundred twenty-two million or twenty-two. I don't know what the number was, but it was. Yeah, more I'm not money. sure what the number was. Yeah, it's more money be. than any golfer's ever ever won in one year, and that's yeah. just, and, and he's twenty-two years old. Twenty-two years old, and he's now 
having the whole article, the New York Times, talking about his flaws yeah. and, and, and how he won this tournament, not, not by playing great, but by thinking himself around and what he has to do and what he's going to do to get better for next year. Isn't that a great thing? That's he's awesome. the greatest golfer in the world. Number one in the world. Reddit said, I'm number one and I'm great. I'm going to get better. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I didn't know this one, and and someone asked this question. Harry Rizakis uh, sent this note in. He said, what impact has Fran's relationship with Anthony Robbins had on his professional career? Why does he think that both their messages resonate with business professionals? I what what'd you do with what did you do with Tony? I didn't know you did something with Tony. Well, I'll tell you what I did. And uh, Tony Robbins, I, there was Guthy Rinker, Greg Rinker, and Bill Guthy. Oh sure, yeah. And they were starting an infomercial company. They didn't have a background in it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and they were starting this, in, and so they wanted to do a, a first thing. I did. They wanted to do. A, a, they had the rights to think and grow rich tapes. They were going to mm-hmm. sell the tapes over infomercial, and wanted me to uh, help them put that infomercial together, which I did. And I was the spokesperson, put it together, and it just did so. So we had about a a one to one ratio, and you need a, one dollar for every dollar spent. You need to have a four to one ratio, get four dollars back for every dollar spent, sure. and it didn't do much. So they come back with me, and they got this Tony Robbins who's written this book, and they want to go out and do an infomercial. And I said, I don't want to do it. I get Pat Riley, the great coach of the, then the L.A. Lakers, oh. and Pat Riley didn't want to do it, so I did it, and I went and did it, and and I I didn't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't think Tony Robbins was the most genuine guy in the world. Mm-hmm. He was rude to people, mm-hmm. and but I was making a lot of money, and and that infomercial went really well, and so I I compromised my principles quite frankly, and I said, you know, his stuff doesn't hurt anybody; it might even help some people, even though I didn't I I didn't I I, I didn't like who he was, mm-hmm. and finally after a while, after two years, I couldn't take the money anymore because I couldn't compromise my principles, and I don't think he he's a talented guy. And he's got a good message, but I just didn't like the guy himself. Mm. And so I didn't, I, I, you know, I, I launched him to the world, but I didn't do anything after that. You know, Fran, and his I, message I did, is good. I, did, I never heard that story. I didn't know yep. that. I did not know that at all. By the way, first of all, I'm impressed the fact that you remember the ratios that many years later. Quite frankly. Yeah, I remember so, the ratios and... and uh, and, uh, and and that's and and and, and you, you got to look at the numbers and you got to look at the I, I believe this I think in life and in business we got to see the signs the signs are reality yeah. if you don't look at the reality you're not going to solve the problems because you've got to look at it you know and you know I read like you did I read dr. Norman Vincent Peale's oh, book are you kidding a thousand me? years ago the power of positive thinking right hey, hey Fran my office is on Norman Vincent Peale way across well, from the statue of Norman Vincent Peale and and it was brilliant <laughs> and it was helpful to me and then yeah. but now I think we've gone too far with that because somebody okay. people think well if I have a good attitude and I'm a positive thinker the magic's going to happen no. Magic's not going to happen no. unless you make it happen, right? Exactly, and, exactly. And, and, and that's what it is. And, and part of it is you've got to look at the signs. And the signs are reality. If something isn't working, you've got you to address it and change it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, what, that's the reality of it. You know, if I throw an interception, well, what did I do? Did I misread the coverage? Did I, what, what, how did I correct that? It's Jordan Spieth. 
He's constantly correcting himself. Yeah. You know, my my, I'm not driving it well, so I've got to get. You know, I've got to make sure I don't make the big mistake right or left, and I've got to think myself around the course a little better. And it's the reality of what's going on. I'd like to say, well, every pass I throw is going to be great. Well, it's not going to be great. So how do I make sure that it doesn't cause an interception that 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 helps to lose the game? And how can I engineer myself around the flaw? Yeah, exactly. You know, you you bring up a good point, and I think the principle of what you said, look, I don't care to work with this person anymore, whoever it is, or yeah. whatever it is. It, it Sometimes those things are tough, and they're tough to begin with when you get early in your career, but the more you start to do them, the better you feel about yourself, and the more focused you get around what it is you want to do, right? Well, you know, Jeffrey, I don't ever work with people that don't want to work with me. Exactly right. And I learned a great lesson, you know, uh, that I uh, – partnerships are so important. I could not have won football games without great teammates, great coaches, great organizations. I could not have built my companies without great partners. And and I learned a great lesson back in the early 80s from IBM. I had a technology company, and we couldn't make it work. And and I was losing probably a million, million and a half dollars a year on the company, little bitty company, did about two million of, of revenue. And and my my technology said we, we have a we have a partner with IBM. I said, yeah, partner with IBM. They own the world. They're the most admired. They were the only technology company out there really that did anything, and they were powerful and great. But I I I, I called up their chairman mm-hmm. and got a meeting, got with their engineers, and we formed a partnership. But I found something. That partnership worked for me greatly. You know why? I made sure that IBM made money first, yeah. and I made money second. And you say, well, they had billion, they're had they a billion-dollar company, multiple, and you're only coming to a $2 million a year. Yeah. What could you do? I know this. They, they respected their partners who were always trying to take from them and not give to them. And I made sure that when we worked together, and, and and we had revenue together, the first dollar went to them. And that taught me a great lesson about partnerships. You make sure the partnership works for your partner first and you second. Then you can have a great partnership. Yeah, it's got to be win-win. If it's win-lose or lose-win, never oh, works. Never doesn't works. work. Yeah. Well, speaking of money, i got to jump in over this one. It's great to have good folks from Liberty Tax on board at All Business. Liberty is the fastest-growing retail tax preparation firm ever with over 4,000 offices across North America. It's a great seasonal franchise opportunity as well. So if you're looking to get into business, add another service to your own business, or you just need great tax prep services, look to Liberty. Don't forget about the Liberty, they're the guys that wave the sign, dress up like the Statue of Liberty out in front. You see them all the time during tax season. They kind of look a little crazy, but, hey, they get your attention. You do your own taxes, Fran? No, I've got, yeah. I don't do my own taxes. And we, we need we need experts like Liberty to do our taxes Exactly for us. right, because I'd make a big, big, big mistake. Okay, i got rapid fire, man. Are you ready? This I'm is ready. Gonna, this is going to be harder than the Super Bowl, all right? Okay. When did the Vikings franchise begin? Uh, first game was September of 1961. You got it, ding. There's a win right there. What what quarterback holds the Minnesota Vikings single game record for passing yards? I would uh, I would say that'd be me. Uh, and, and it, nope. Uh, it wasn't, huh? Nope. Tommy Kramer passed for 490 yards in November the 2nd of 1986. 
and I passed for 407 or something like that way before then, so I was wrong. Yeah, well, I mean Kramer. Yeah, but they, those were harder yards back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> those were all outside. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what was the nickname given to the Vikings defense in the 1970s? The Purple People Eaters. Yeah, that's cool. I love old names. I love names like that. Isn't yeah, that just I do awesome? Too. Yeah. Okay, what Georgia Bulldog was known as the man who broke the drought? Remember this one? Aaron Sapp. You got it. Back in yep. 1957, he scored uh, a winning touchdown. Georgia had lost eight straight games to Georgia Tech, man. And then I came on the field the next year, and we and we won four straight against Georgia Tech. Is that right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome because, that you know, playing those Yellow Jackets, man, yep. that's a big rivalry down in Georgia. Still big is. rivalry. Yeah, it still is. Who's the uh, the first uh, dog mascot, which is Georgia Bulldogs, first appeared in Georgia in 1894? What kind of dog was it? I don't know. Because, oh. uh, but, you know, we, we have an English Bulldog now, but we didn't have that dog in 1894, I wouldn't okay. think. All right, his name was uh, – her her name was Trilby, and, she, yeah. and, and, and it was her presence, and it was that of her 13 puppies at practices and games that started the university's nickname – she was a solid white bull terrier. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah. Okay. Hey, what's the last book you read? The last book I read was the big, the big act bigger. Ah, <laughs> there you go, brother. That's <laughs> it. I love you, man. This is why you're good. You know, you're good. You know, anybody that thinks big acts bigger and is relentless like you, that deserves to win. Uh, that's it. Hey, now go out in the limb. Who do you think is going to win the 2016 Super Bowl? Um. The Green Bay Packers. You know they're they're dominating, aren't they? Wow. But, but so is New England. I mean, yeah. Brady's playing great. But yeah. I think those two teams, and there's a sleeper team, Arizona. If Carson Palmer stays healthy, they're in the mix. Yeah. What did you think about all the stuff? I didn't. Why? You know, I'm not a huge sports guy. Yeah. To be honest with you, Fran, I enjoy it. I love business as my sport, and then I'm a hunter. I like to hunt. So um, when uh, all this Deflate Gate, what did you think? Deflate Gate. Well, it, it, it shouldn't have gotten to where it got. Yeah. First of all, they did deflate the footballs. Yep. Secondly, Tom Brady told the the ball boy to do it. He controls the balls. There's no question about he that. He should have owned up to it. They should have owned up to yep. it and gone on, and they didn't. And the thing continues to drag on. Uh, I spent some time with Roger Goodell last week, and he's a great, great commissioner. I think he's got the toughest job in all the world. He, they pay him well for it, but he's a very public sport, the most successful sport in the world, growing like crazy. He's got 32 billionaire owners as his bosses. Then he's got to deal with the players' union and the player issues and things like the Flategate. And uh, and he's got to keep the integrity of the, of the leg up. I mean, he didn't want to get in a fight with Tom Brady. Yeah. He didn't want to find the, the New England Patriots and suspend Brady. But he's got to protect the integrity of the game. Well, you and know, for, if someone breaks the rules, he's got to. There's got to be a consequence. You know, I you know I like Tom Brady, but I thought this was a moment of character. What 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 did it? What imagine what it would have done for his career? In my opinion, if he had stepped up and said, "I I own it. That's mine. I did it." Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was in the rules. If you don't think so, then you take me on for that. But by gosh, this is what I wanted, and it's okay to do. I and, think it'd been a great thing for him to do. Exactly. I own up to this whole thing, and 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 man, it's not a big deal. And certainly, he's just as good without deflating them as inflating them. Yeah. So it it didn't make any difference in the actual game itself. 
and it should have been dealt with right that way and straightforward, and, 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 and we wouldn't be dealing with it today. Well, and imagine in business. You've got to do that day in and day out. When the customer yes, comes to you and you've screwed up, you got to say, we screwed up. And it's a lot exactly easier right. to tell a customer that kind of thing. Because, nope, in, it's a- boy, listen to this. My, my southern accent's starting to come out talking to you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Hey, I want to give you a chance for – um, you know, your own blatant plug, a shameless plug, plug anything you'd like to, charity, your book, your speaking, your business. I don't care what it is, Fran. I just want to thank you for coming on board. What can we, what can we help um, plug for you? Well, right now, the, the, the two things, the, the power of failure, you know, you, you have a big following and you, you, you probably make a little money out of your books. I write books. I don't, I don't make much money out of the books. I write them because I want to get the truth and the word out to help other people have a better chance for their life. And so I would encourage the people to go to the power of failure. And then they, if they would like to go to my website, talkingin.com, what we do, we help entrepreneurs, startups, and others have access to the tools and knowledge to have a better chance to make it. And they can go to talkingin.com to get that information. Well, let me tell you, you know, I've been in business uh, for a long time, bought and sold a lot of businesses, Fortune 100 companies, and I am on Fran's mailing list. I listen to Fran all the time. He and I have talked numerous times on air, off air, and I just love it. And I tell you, when I can remember a quote from back in 1986, that's how much of an impact he has on my career and the businesses that we run today. Uh, it's practical advice. I'm telling you, I picked up the power of failure succeeding in the age of innovation. And by the way, it's right next to my book on the bookshelf. So you, if you're going to get one, get the other, okay? And make sure you buy it and get it out there because it's in bookstores everywhere. I, I see a lot in the airports because we're both on the road right now. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, they can buy your book and my book, uh, you know, all, all off of Amazon and buy it online, wherever it is. You got it. And, and Jeffrey, you, you, you've done so much for, for entrepreneurs and, and, and business people, and uh, we're in the same, it's the same group there. It's a pleasure being with you always, and, and I do like reading uh, your books. And, uh, and oh. it's, it's, it just gives a, a fresh look at, at things that, that, that uh, is helpful to me and, and helpful to the people that read your books also. Well, you are a champion, and it's, it's clear to see why you are a champion and a real leader. And, Fran, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, buddy. All right, cheers. Bye. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortunate. Hey, after every show, I like to talk about what I learned in the interview. And I've talked to Fran numerous times. I love this guy. You know, he's the kind of guy that gets me excited. I, I just want to listen to him all the time. I want to hear the stories. And, you know, you can just tell from his voice the energy. I mean, the guy's 75 years old, and he sounds like he's just starting the business. It's just awesome. And I'm not saying 75 is old by any way, shape, or form. I don't want people to get upset with me. But I'm just excited by listening to a guy like that. It's like you put the quarter in, and you get to go for the full ride. But the biggest thing that I learned, let's see, one failure, you know, grasp hold of it. I talk about choking it off, and he's saying, hey, you can learn from it, which you can. And that's what we're all about. But it's the struggle. It's being re- relentless in that struggle that gets us through. And it's those those failures that lead to the successes, but that's not it. It's the whole journey, and don't ever forget about that. The other thing, I think, was just at the very end when we started talking about uh, Deflategate and Tom Brady and moments of character. 
And I asked him something about Tony Robbins, which I did not know. I didn't know about that. My team had put that into the notes and or and from a fan question. So thanks for the fan question. And then he talked to us about he just couldn't get along. And and I thought that was interesting. He was open up front. He was not mean about it. He wasn't cruel about it. Didn't say derogatory things. He said, you know, we just didn't get along and he didn't see eye to eye. And it's not because Tony's a lot taller than Fran. It's because of the that character. And I thought that character was a was a really great way of being able to say for us, all of us, everybody. You know, you gotta like what you're doing, you gotta enjoy it, and you gotta like the person that's got your back. And if you can't do that, it ain't worth it, no matter how much money there is. Hey, so don't forget, this has been All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Don't forget, on Play.it, uh, iTunes, to make sure you tell your friends. It's been a pleasure being with you today. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.